I wonder what's on the tube. Welcome back. Thank you for being a friend. What you talking about, Willis? You are a meathead. No soup for you. Adjust those bunny ears and don't touch that dial. Because this is Sitcom My Face. I'm Jay. I'm Nick. And this week, what are we talking about, pal? This week, we're talking about Amos and Andy. <laughs> but first, how you been, man? You been good? Had a good week or two? Uh, pr- 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 pretty good. A couple of migraines here and there, but... <laughs> migraines? Oh, yeah, it's healthy. What the fuck are you thinking about so hard? <laughs> My, hey, my, my green is your great, man. <laughs> we lost somebody else. We lost another sitcom. Great. Uh-oh. Who'd we lose this time? Not a not a leading sitcom star, as far as I can tell, but a man that we've we've known for many a year. We talk about the show Seinfeld quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know who you're talking about. The 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 book uh the book, book detective. Man. Yes, Bookman. Yeah, the, the the classic. I think he was on what, two episodes? Wasn't that a two parter? I believe so. Uh, R.I.P. to Philip Baker Hall from that, also from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think he did two episodes of that. He was the doctor, <laughs> Larry's doctor on Curb and Bookman. I think uh, he's such he's such a funny deadpan guy. Oh, yeah. I've always loved him. The Bookman thing, though, I that's got to be the number one thing on his resume. And the guy's been in a million movies, but... Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like his resume, like looking him up on IMDb is going to probably be uh, an extended uh, <laughs> list. There, we always connect. Uh, at least I always connect my sitcom stars to horror movies. Oh, and, and what what connection do we have this time? He popped up in the remakes of both Psycho with Gus Van Sant and oh. the, and the remake of the Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. Oh wow! Okay, that's yeah. that's interesting. He was like the priest in the remake of Amityville with the flies and mm. get out <laughs> that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I never saw the remake. I, I, you know, like I saw the original, but yeah, never. <laughs> it's one it's of those. I, 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 I forgot that it existed. <laughs> it's not bad. It's one of the better horror remakes. I would say. Oh, really? It's just, it's just the same. So it's not really. Eh, you're, it's you're not, not adding anything or, or if you're or doing a horror anything. remake to me you gotta be a little better to warn it and it's it's good but it's not better yeah un- unfortunately a lot of times like i find when it comes to like horror remakes if you're talking about something originally from say like you're talking about something from the 40s 50s something like really old and a remake you know to update it that's fine but when you're talking about some of these like 80s, 90s, whatever things, and you're remaking it already. Uh, we can make our know. own Amityville horror movie. You know that? Don't oh, need to go sure. through anybody. You know why? You know why the rule? Is that? Anybody, this is why there's 50 fucking Amityville movies, is because you can't <laughs> copyright the name of a town. Oh. So somebody realized that way back in the day and was like, hey, we can make any movie with fucking Amityville in the title. So you got Amityville Movie Theater and Amityville, anything you could think of. Amityville Asylum, Amityville Popcorn Bucket. I don't fucking know. It's so stupid. (laughs) 
But that's why there's a million of those. So let's make an Amityville movie. Let's do it. Why not? Amityville. I think there's one called like Amityville Dildo somebody did or some shit. Oh, dear God. But <laughs> Well, the, the interesting part is actually there was a piece of the Amityville horror actually filled down in South Jersey. Yeah, the house is not is in Amityville, New York. I don't know, how far is that from you? Uh, Amityville, New York? Not that far. I believe it's about an hour. It's got to be so, shitty to own that house, right? All the people just on your porch all day. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, get out. The, get I saw a, a vlog the other day, and this guy is real smart. He bought the house from Friday, Craig's house, uh, Ice yeah, yeah. Cube's house from Friday, and he just put a fucking sign on the porch that says, Friday house rules, uh, you know, no smoking, pictures on the porch, $10, you put your money in the box or pay the man. Sweet. There, there we go. They, I be, and they had lines down the street. Um, yeah. This guy probably gets money all day long. I was like, that's, Buko that's, bucks. That's, that's the way to do it. Oh, yeah. You, you uh, had sent me also that uh, documentary that um, I forget what the guy's name was, like uh, Andy or something. No, not Amos and Andy, but the, the guy that, you know, like he's he's got a couple of uh, YouTube channels and he went through that whole. Um, oh, Adam the Woo. Adam the Woo, yes, Adam. Yeah, yeah not Andy. He's, um, he's. I don't watch that many blog bloggers or vloggers, but I like him. He seems to be real down to earth, and he goes to such cool locations. Yeah, and um, the Warner Ranch one you're talking about, the Warner Ranch, where yeah, a lot of, of movies classic, and yeah, yeah. It sucks m- m- movies and you know, like and and uh, I believe there were a couple of sitcom pieces in there as well too. At the Warner Brothers Studio lot, there is a place called the Warner Ranch, and it's just I guess a big loop. Um, yes. And they said they they did it as a curve, a loop, so that it would look like the road goes on forever, but it's just mm-hmm. uh, just enough for you to film out on the street. But I guess they shot WandaVision there, and the Correct. houses from WandaVision were things like the Griswold house from the vacation movies, the yep. Bewitched house, what I guess was, I think, Wanda's house in the movie or in the show. Yeah, yeah. The whole reason why with WandaVision, I don't know if you had seen that. But Mm-mm. they actually—I know the premise of it, but I yeah, they they, it. they they actually took from a lot of the old sitcoms, you know, like you know, from the older to more recent sitcoms as each episode progressed. Well, it was just really cool to see. You got the Stevens house, Samantha Stevens bewitched house, right next to what the Lethal Weapon house. And remember the Gremlins. <laughs> oh, the yep, Gremlins right next yep. to the Griswolds' house. Mm-hmm. There was the pool that was from Gremlins. Yeah, well, which they they were saying they actually the built vacation. sort. They built the YMCA around the pool. <laughs> yeah, the pool's just there. Were well, the Waltons? Was the Waltons there? Yes. Yeah, they, they did say the Waltons. I think the church maybe of the Waltons and the house, one of the houses. Yeah, but but from the uh the church, like I think the steeple was already missing. So it like it kind of started lower. I think the middle. I want to say he said the house from the middle, which I have not mm. seen yet. But my mom used to love that show. Yeah. So it's kind of sad that this whole area is being torn down. I think they're building new studios or something. They said. I believe that's what Adam said. But yeah, um, yeah. If you just look up the Warner Ranch vlog or tour, there's two or three videos out there. It looks like one guy got in a few years back. Um, so you can see a little bit earlier before Wanda, before they changed the exteriors a little bit. Right. Yeah, it's sad, though, to see some of these things go. But have you been on a studio tour? I have not been on a studio tour as of yet. It's pretty cool. It's pretty sick. to, But it is weird when they go, there's nothing inside. It's just because <laughs> they usually shoot the interiors on the sound stages, you know. Mm-hmm. 
But no, no, that it was uh, very cool though to you know to see that piece of history and and t- today we're actually going to be talking about a, a bit of history uh, when it comes to uh, sitcoms and you know, ra- radio sitcoms, you know, radio serials and. Uh, well, I just thought it was really poor taste when you said you wanted to do the show in blackface. I think that's no, 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 Nick. Oh, yeah, oh no. <laughs> but of course, we're talking For about the- out there. Yeah, Jay was making a joke because I would not want to do I'm like I, I'm so uncomfortable even like looking at the the two uh, creators of Amos and Andy. Um, Were we talking uh, about the they, movie, right? Amos uh, yeah, and Andrew, yeah, Nicholas Cage, and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> no, no, but uh, for, uh, Freeman Godson and uh, Charles Correll, the the creators of actual Amos and Andy and the radio program. They were also in the first and only motion picture of Amos and Andy in blackface. And I just, I can't, I can't watch that. A film from 1930 where two white men in blackface play black men in very stereotypical voices. Right. And the movie, this is, I don't get it. The movie is still available to watch on Tubi. Yes. Which is very interesting that something like that. I mean, Disney pulls song of the south or whatever from every place yep. they can but something like this could go I, it's a bizarre choice but amos and amos and the the amos and andy show was a radio program that ran for what 33 years 32 years right and and the the crazy part goodson and um and Carell, they actually had a radio program bef- that preceded this Called uh, what was it? Sam and uh, do you? Re- I don't know if you ever Sam and Henry. That's what it was. It was supposed to be. Uh, there was a comic strip called The Gumps that they wanted these two guys to actually create a radio program off of this, but they decided to make their own spin on things called Sam and Henry, which basically preceded Amos and Andy. When they switched radio stations, they you know decided to create new characters. It sounded like most Americans were under the impression that they were African Americans on yeah. the radio. So the yeah. show started and in they were 1928. To see yeah, 1928 to 1960. God, and I guess this was basically it. Only really ended. It sounded like because they announced they were going to retire. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, we're going to retire from show business. We've been in the radio business for a long time. So for, yeah, 32 years, these two white men are playing African-Americans on the radio. They do the film in blackface, and it was just a time where no one really gave a shit. They even said it was the biggest hit for RKO ever until King Kong. Until King Kong, yeah. (laughs) Which was only, I think, what, six years later or something, but still. That's crazy. Yeah, that was, what, 30... uh, What was King Kong? 39? 30... It was definitely in the 30s, yeah. Yeah, definitely a 30s movie. The film was called Check and Double Check, 1930. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, which was a phrase that Amos and Andy uh, uh, pre- uh, had used in their early days. Amos is really just the narrator for the program. It's not really... And that's why the same guy... Was it... Which one was Andy? Was it Charles Coral Or Freeman Goslin? I forget which one's which. But one plays... Amos and Kingfish. Yes. And the other one plays Andy, which makes sense because Amos is barely in the show, it seems like. Right. He just comes on to be like, I'm Amos. Here's what's going on. Let's get to our story, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And, and he, he's kind of like, if you want to say, not the conscience, but he's kind of like the voice of reason usually because Andy is getting himself in some sort of uh, trouble because of the kingfish. So let's say there's how do you how do you describe the plot of this show? Because it's really just I don't even know the connection between these characters. Really, are they just friends like buddies from the neighborhood or kingfish is just a conniving man who's is he a yeah. businessman i don't even know what his business is really is he a lawyer <laughs> what the fuck is he he's anything he wants himself to be <laughs> he's just this guy who he's always trying to scam his friend andy out of money in any way or anyone really out of money but usually comes down to andy yeah and then that, andy that, that's always his usual ends mark up, yeah andy always ends up getting duped because he's he's a little L- foolish and he goes he, he always ends up at Amos going here's what Kingfish did and Amos is like you're an idiot and then helps him fix it for a hot second but exactly yeah, Amos really isn't in the show much I don't understand why the fuck Andy would be friends with this piece of shit knowing full well he's trying to rip him off at every turn the the, the interesting thing is like they they're the three of them are part of the well what what is the uh thing the the Order of the Sea, the Royal Order of the Sea, I think, is the the Brotherhood there. Kind of like in the Honeymooners, you have the Royal Lodge of uh, uh, the, the, the Raccoon Lodge. And then the Flintstones, the Royal Order of uh, Water Buffalo. So the, the, the radio program goes for years. And then when the show comes along in 1951, they do the, the live action television show that ran from 51 to 53 and had 75 mm-hmm. episodes. I saw different numbers, but the main consensus seemed to be about 75. Well, it, it's it's a little weird because it's uh of what had originally aired it was less they, than it was less than 75. There were they came uh, back for 13, right? There were 13 and then there was another 13 that were produced that were it was supposed to be like sort of like a spin-off called the The Adventures of Kingfish. Mm-hmm. But it aired in reruns under Und- Amos, Amos and Andy and- title. Yeah. 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 They said they wanted to get syn- it was a CBS show and they wanted to get syndication. They didn't think they had enough, I guess. So they came right. back, which is weird. The show's over, done. They just bring everyone back for 13 and then another 13. Yeah. It's interesting in the fact that, like we said, that it was played by these white guys on the radio. And at this time, they were smart enough to be like, hey, let's not fucking do blackface on tv let's Correct. get a real african-american cast to play the roles right so, i mean and, and, it, and this was the first the first bl- full black african-american cast cast right and, and, and yeah per, yeah particularly the leads but yeah like really the whole cast with with a couple of sporadic uh caucasian like uh characters like uh one was like a, a judge you know like uh there, there were just a couple throughout i love that uh, i pointed out to you the documentary that was from like 86 because a lot of the reviews and stuff i was seeing references to this documentary so i searched for it and finally found it on youtube um it's on youtube it's just called amos and andy documentary but the actual title is uh, anatomy of a controversy it was really good for an 86 like tv it's only an hour long so if you're interested in knowing about the show, I would highly recommend that. And it's got so many great little clips. For a documentary to have that many actual moments from the show was good for me. It, it, tr- truthfully, you're almost watching a full episode of Amos and Andy. 
the best of uh, like the best bits. Yeah. So they, they they showed though the moment when they introduced the TV character actors to right. the audience. Yeah, to a live audience. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we know you're used to us, but wait till you see these guys. And it, it was it looked like it was like instantaneous. Like, well, yeah, like we like right, like guys. they embodied the characters of Amos and Andy and the Kingfish. They had to be so weird to be one of those guys, right? They're coming into the shoes of these these white men been playing these parts for all these years, and it's like, how? I mean, it's got to be exciting because I'm right. sure Afri- African Americans didn't really get opportunities like that at that point. No, at that point. But also, no. it's got to be really weird. Like, it's got to be a strange, strange feeling. Right. No, it, it it is like kind of like it's strange origins, and to walk in, you know, like to now make yourself a part of this thing that has this odd origin. Yeah, it's got to be a <laughs> very uh, complex uh, emotions, I guess, if you want to call Interview it. with one of them I saw said, like, he goes, it was weird because we were breaking ground, but we were also, like, hated at the same time. Mm-hmm. He goes, we, th- we thought we were pushing boundaries for Af- African-Americans in show business, but they were pushing it right back at us, like... You're doing it wrong. So the, this, the, talk about the controversy this show had when it aired. Yeah, well, he, he, here's uh, one of the, the things that they said may have also been, like, one of the reasons, too. The time that this show aired, actually, um, the NAACP was having a convention <laughs> around the same time as the debut of Amos and Andy. So, it, like, it became this almost linked uh, piece that it's like, okay, well, you're not going to pull the one from the other now all of a sudden. And the NAACP uh, took uh, exception with the way the portrayal of African-Americans was being done on TV. And and I I didn't think about that when I was first watching it. So after I saw the documentary and I watched a few more, I was trying to look at it from a different perspective. And, it's hard for me because it is a really funny show. Like I did laugh. Oh yeah, I belly oh, they, they, laughed. There were there were some. I did not think just I, totally hilarious moments in, in this show. As Marla Gibbs says in the documentary, she goes, "It wasn't that it was a bad representation of us. It was and it was the only there was nothing to balance it to say. Okay, but, you know, like here's another yeah. African American uh, you know, like portrayal, and here's another one." Because, no, it's like, okay, this is it, and this is all you got, so that's all you have to base on. <laughs> the backdrop is in New York City. Uh, basically, they're in Harlem, the, the area that they're talking about. So, you, you know, you're talking that area, and the vernacular that they're using, you know, like the the you know the, the words and the, uh, it, it, it sounds like a little uneducated, the way they sometimes talk, like like Kingfish and uh, and Andy Amos Amos seems the more learned. Yeah, you're, so your one main character is a moron, and the other one right. is a conniving yeah. criminal. A- a- Amos, Amos seems the more Basically. learned. He he you know he's uh, uh supposedly he's the family man. He's the you know, like when they actually went into more Amos because there were you know like uh, episodes that had more Amos to it. Seemed like the early ones, he would come on, narrate, right. 
And then you had, wasn't he had a daughter or something at one point? He had multiple kids, but yeah, like they showed the one daughter. Like like in that documentary, it showed uh, him with his daughter uh, about the story of Christmas and, and going over mm-hmm. the Lord's Prayer in conjunction. Watching it, you're like, this could be on a stage. You know, this could just be a vaudeville touring act of the time. Right. Weird because... You know, it was not shot in front of an audience. It had it was played back for an audience, right? And the the laughs were recorded based on the video. Yeah, I I, I didn't realize. Again, we were saying that it preceded like the honeymooners and Lucy, like in, in airing. It was also one of the first, you know, you know, Lucy being the other multi camera show. <laughs> yeah, and seeing if this wasn't shot in front of an audience, it was probably shot more like a movie, right? That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> the theme song, talk about the honeymooners. That theme song reminds me a lot of that fucking honeymooners I, opening. I was, was going to say the, the same stars, thing. And that, the cityscape. And, 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 and the, particularly that ending of the song. The, the, uh, oh, uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. They, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, wait, is this like another variation? But I'm going to tell you something weird about that <laughs> that theme song. Joseph Carl Brill, he, or Brile. He wrote this thing, the perfect song. It was actually written as part of a score for a movie, a silent movie. Have you ever heard of the movie, The Birth of a Nation? No. Um, it, it, it's sort of a, uh, how do you want to say? It's a porno, right? Huh? Oh, yeah, it's a porno. porno? It was a three-hour porno. Um... <laughs> So birthing porno where the actual nation comes out of a giant. <laughs> and there we go. A birth of a nation. <laughs> no, it's it's a little bit of like kind of uh, what's the term called? Like revisionist history. Um, extolling like the virtues of the Ku Klux Klan oh, and, and okay. connecting them sort of to Lincoln. And it's just like a weird. I've never watched it. I've read about. So it's like a white supremacist propaganda film. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's that's the weird thing. Now to take this well, now, song, I'm glad I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, the same here. But now I'm to bald. take, I can't be watching white supremacist shit. No, but now here, I'm not allowed to, anymore. No, uh oh, <laughs> we we found one. No, um, now to take now a song from a movie such as that and give it to first. It was the radio program of Amos and Andy, and then. To the actual TV show, it's like, uh, wait, huh? <laughs> That's that a very strange origin. So you're you have your cast. You have uh, Andy is Spencer Williams, Tim mm-hmm. Moore plays Kingfish, Elvin Childress plays Amos, Ernestine Wade plays Sapphire, and mm-hmm. Johnny Lee plays Calhoun. Who I also yep. thought was pretty funny. Uh, Algonquin J. Calhoun. This poor fucker. I feel bad for him. John, this man, not only does, is he on this show that the NAACP rips off the airwaves. Oh, in yeah. I know his other thing. He's also in Song of the South as Briar Rabbit, the voice of Yeah, Bri- <laughs> Which he, is another, the movie, like I said, is banned as well. Yeah, he's Briar Rabbit. And, and, and like when they were showing that in the... Um, in the documentary, and they mentioned that, and then I'm listening to his voice, I'm like, oh my god, yes, I recognize that voice, and it's like, oh god, <laughs> this, this guy's probably guy. like, fuck acting, everything I do gets fucking buried <laughs> in the fucking recesses of the earth, what the fuck, 
Can you imagine? He's like, I'm trying oh. to make a living here. In going in depth into this whole thing about Amos and Andy, I didn't know what things we were going to be touching, but it's just whole, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know the white guys playing them on the radio and shit when I even brought it up. Like, I, right. I just kind of assumed the same guys were on the radio show. Right. And they, they just brought them forward. To, but I also uh, didn't think about, TV. I didn't realize it started in 1928 either. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. But yeah, they said that the, ironically, the first all black cast television show was killed by the civil rights movement. How ironic. Yeah. But it, it's it's <laughs> really strange. Ironic. <laughs> and, and in that documentary, you, you, you have a uh, reference, uh, Jesse Jackson talking about it. And it's like, similarly to how like Marla Gibbs was talking about it, that, Hey, you know, like th- there was no balance. And that's why, you know, like Even the Red NAACP talking about it. What's that? Red Fox even on there talking about. Oh, yeah. Going like, it's it was funny. He goes, that was the point. Mm-hmm. He goes, I didn't look at it like it was racist. He goes, I, th- I thought it was funny. Yeah. And apparently he was like, what, what was he saying? Like sitting on a, a bench backstage or something or other at uh, one of the tapings? Yeah. That, that, um, that's what it sounded like. Yeah he, yeah. he was talking about that. I don't know if he meant the tapings of the TV show or if he's talking about, yeah, like wh- which thing it they was. Did, they did try to tour this, the actors after the show, I guess. Yes, and they got and in then trouble. CBS like threatened a lawsuit or something, so they owned it. Yeah. Now, he, now here's a weird thing, being that you brought up something earlier. <laughs> Amos and Andy to the TV show. Yes, CBS still owns the rights. Amos and Andy, public domain. The characters of Amos and Andy are public domain. The the radio show. That's public domain. The TV that show, is weird. Uh, CBS still holds the rights. That is weird. If someone was telling me that Winnie the Pooh just went public domain, so Disney lost their their grip on it, the character because the book, so the, pa- the not the book character is like yes. public domain now. Yes, the, the 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 actual character Winnie the Pooh from the book and Christopher Robin and all those characters. Yes, those are public domain, but if you see Pooh with a red shirt on, you better be careful because Disney owns that. That's the Disney Pooh. Someone was, said they're doing a horror movie, Winnie the Pooh. Someone is going to do the horror version. So oh, my what God. If what if they wear a white shirt and then throughout the movie it gets more and more stained with blood? Blood and to become red. red shirt. <laughs> That would be a brilliant way to do it. That is that that is a great premise there. That, you know, you know what? I still have to watch. Like, I actually I taped, but I never uh, got around to watch. Um, did Did you ever watch the um, Banana Splits uh, movie? You know, I I have it, but I have not watched it yet. The horror one. Yeah, I ha- I have to watch that. Yeah, exactly. The that horror one. That was supposed to be the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, I guess. And then they lost the rights. It took right. so long to do, or something. Because there's the video game that's like Chuck E. Cheese for a horror film, or but it's right. uh, it's called Five Nights at Freddy's, and there's like fucking ten of them by now. But I guess that was supposed <laughs> to be that movie, and then I don't know what happened with the game studio and the movie studio, but they lost the rights, and then apparently somewhere in a dark, dank dumpster was a contract to own the Banana Splits, and they were like, "Fuck it, let's make okay. it the Banana Splits." <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I, I guess Sid and Marty Croft were okay with that. <laughs> are they are they alive? <laughs> yeah, both of them are well, alive. They're both in like their like nineties. 
Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so we talked last time when we were kind of setting this up for, hey, next week we're talking about Amos and Andy. I didn't even know it when we said it, but we were like, well, I've never seen this show, and I guess we know why now, because it right. wasn't on the fucking air since 1966. 66. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 basically the NAACP fought for years to like remove that, like not just the first run of it, but the syndication of it. And finally yeah. in 1966, boom. Yeah, they started fighting it in 1960, and then 66 it was pulled off the air. And they said it has not aired since. That is that is insane to me. There's, right. Especially watching it. You know, and it's having her. I've heard the name for, you know, my whole life. There's oh, yeah. References to it Same and here. jokes and stuff. Never really thought. I was like, oh, it must not be that great if I don't see it. So now watching it and going, this is pretty fucking funny, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, do I should I feel like a horrible person for finding this funny? I don't know. Because I'm like, I thought I was laughing. I thought these actors were great. Their performances were great. Oh, no, no. I, I I totally agree with you. I think everyone played their character t- to the T. Like, like, it was awesome. And I could definitely see a lot of what was written and, you know, performed there. Like, it's like, wait a second. Wait, I remember, you know, that as being like a scam thing, like, in, in a later show, you know, not, not Amos and Andy, but in later sitcoms, it's like, yeah, Even so- the, the slapstick in this show is really good. Yeah. So good. Like Andy, this, the big guy is even like got some great pratfalls and mm-hmm. falling down ladders and shit. I was laughing my ass off. No, but w- which episodes did you uh, wind up watching? Do you know? Or Well, when I first brought it up to you and I told you I was watching it on YouTube, I watched I watched probably like six that day. Okay. And then I watched another probably five or six today. I would say the my favorite ones I watched were the Invisible Glass. Did yes, you watch that one. That, that was, one killed me. That was so hysterical. Fish comes up with a plan where he's gonna convince he he wants to get some stocks or something from Andy. Yeah, for and, for, for uh, consolidated glass was the. So he uh, tries to get him uh, to invest in this invisible glass because, because that's gonna make consolidated glass like basically obsolete and worthless so and it's exactly here, sell, what you sell think. Me your, uh, look stock. look andy look at my this is the invisible glass and he has his buddy back behind the door i'm gonna drop it now and then he breaks a real piece of glass <laughs> so it sounds like, yeah but he tells him it's like bulletproof right so andy comes in with a fucking gun he's gun. like hold it up hold it up <laughs> a lot of great gun violence in this show i know i love that oh yeah i, I was surprised on that too because you know, like you had that uh, th- there was a the, whole episode, the, the gun. <laughs> is that the same one where he he thought it was a lighter? Yeah, that must be one of those those lighters they uh, make to boom. look like a gun. <laughs> boom! Shoots the fucking ceiling out. <laughs> the one the one with the ladder I was talking about, where Kingfish, I forget the reason why. I think he doesn't want his niece or something to move into the house, so he hooks the niece up with Andy. But then he wants Andy to stand her up to oh, okay. make her stay away from men or something. So he he. Andy's trying to like climb up to her window on this ladder, but he gives him the wrong window. But the oh blinds, God. <laughs> the blinds are down. So every time he climbs up there and he's like, Oh, I forget the girl's name, whatever. I'm here to take you out. And the Kingfish just punches him in the fucking face. Every time he comes up to the window through the blinds. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess she gave me a love tap. <laughs> you know, he's got his fucking nose on. <laughs> but every time he climbs up there, he gets punched in the face again and just slides comedically fast down the ladder. Whoop! Like the Three Stooges would or something, you know? <laughs>
It was pretty fun. Like, hands the flowers through the window, and then they immediately come and get shoved into his mouth, you know. Some great um, uh, slapsticky stuff. Uh, what, what, what was another one I saw? I saw the, the, the one with the uh, raising the chinchillas to make a coat. Now, you know, like you and I, if if we went into like like a pet store nowadays, like, uh, oh, uh, yeah, like that you get a chinchilla. What, what are they maybe like, what are they, $100 or something or other? Those or? were a hot pet for a minute. I remember everyone had a fucking chinchilla, chinchilla. in the late 90s. And I have not seen a single person with one since, I don't think. But apparently Maybe like N- NAACP came after the chinchilla owners too. I don't know. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> the the That's National Association of Chinchilla. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, apparently though uh like back in th- those days because also they were making a lot of chinchilla coats. Mm. <laughs> that chinchillas were the hot item and it w- was very expensive to well, imagine like, how many you'd have to kill. They're only like this fucking big, aren't they? I know. Yeah, that's the crazy part. It's like, yeah, they'll well, fucking kill a million of those things to make a coat. It's like if, if you got two, you know, it's going to take a while for you to uh, get to coat level. Yeah, maybe maybe you can get like a Feet sock or something. Overfeed them. Yeah. <laughs> make them as fat as possible. Yes, the- overfeed, overfeed them and uh, I don't know, have a 24-hour porn. I don't know, chinchilla porn. Did you see the, the episode where Kingfish convinced Andy they were switched at birth so he could steal this job from him? Oh, no, I didn't see that one. <laughs> that was about the dumbest Andy could have been, I think, in any of the shows. Where he, <laughs> he, he gets a telegram from his uncle in, what was it? It was South America somewhere. And he tells Kingfish about this job he got. And so Kingfish wants this job because it's like a lot of money. So he's like, you know, we were switched at birth, right? And he gives this whole fucking thing. God. <laughs> Convinces them that they were switched at birth. And he's really um, he's really Andy and he needs to go. Like, he has, that's his birthright to go take that job. Oh, my God. It's, I love, though, like when Kingfish is like, you know, scheming and that, you know, like, you know, he's always saying the thing. And then what when, when, he, when he quiets... Yeah, his, when he his, look. his eyes are just like studying, like okay, like studying Andy. Like, his, yeah, like whenever he's signing the documents, he's always like looking at him, like I got you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, like kind of like little side eye. It's like mm. <laughs> what's great is though he he never wins. Uh, he he always gets his comeuppance in the end. Yeah, like, like in d- that episode. Um, after he steals the job, he's on the boat. He's like on this boat with a bunch of, remember we talked about the other, um, stereotypical sitcom thing with flying on a plane with chickens or riding in the bus with goats. He's on Mm -hmm. a fucking boat with a bunch of sheep and goats. Okay. And I was like, oh, there's another one. I've seen that before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm sure one of probably the, the earliest uh, uses of that uh, trope in uh, sitcoms. But then you find out, like, his wife comes in and she's like, where the hell's my husband? And like, oh, he went to South America. He's my, he, he scammed me or whatever. And she goes, damn it, that wasn't, that telegram wasn't from your uncle. It was from me. I was trying to get you out of my husband's life. <laughs> so there was no job to begin with. So everything ends with him getting screwed out of his own conniving plans. He sells them like a house facade that's like two inches. Mm-hmm. So like carrying the furniture and they walk right through this little door. It's like, wow. And we just kept going, missed it. <laughs> Wait, wow. We walked right through the house out to, out to the backyard. <laughs> and then he goes, why don't you try again? And he goes, how'd you do? And he goes, missed it. <laughs> <laughs> or missed it again. Yeah. 
there's some real real funny moments in this show. And yeah, but, oh, it, with that one where they're going around the facade, you know, one in the front, one in the back, and they meet. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay, okay. Like a foot a foot wide, if that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, yep, I've seen that type of a uh, thing go on. Now, when I when I told you to do this show, were you? Were you like, eh, it's going to be nothing, it's going to be some stupid, boring thing? or No, I didn't think it was going to be boring, but I thought it was going to, because I, I had never watched... There was more to the story than I knew at the time of bringing it up. Yes. I was, I, I, thought it was I thought it was just a complete controversial thing, and that's why we haven't seen it, and that, and it's that's a piece to it. You know, that, that's, you know, it's not just like all-out controversy... Yeah, th- there was a lot more going on here, and you know, like, wait a second, yeah, th- this is like if we didn't have Amos and Andy, what what would have happened? Would we not have had some of the um, sitcoms like, say, a Sanford and Son, say, a Jeffersons, at the time that we did? Like, you know, w- would it have been delayed a bit? The actor who played Amos, he went on to do guest spots in the Jeffersons and Good Times. Hmm. So, but yeah, the one review, the guy's like, nobody got to do anything. If it was Nick something was the other, I forget which character he played. Oh, uh, he played was he Lightning. The flat, the flat brimmed guy, the hat guy. Uh, no, he, he, he was the one that actually was carrying the uh, the chair for uh, for Andy. Yeah, he uh, always wore uh, the hat with the flat brim. Right, right, right. A Gomer, a Gomer pile look or something almost. The uh, interview with him, he goes, yeah, nobody got, to, no one had done anything before. And unfortunately, most of them didn't get to do anything after. But um, Kingfish and somebody else, he said, had already retired from show business. And they they were, I guess, the creator's dream casting. So they came out of retirement to do it. God. Because they said Kingfish had a 30-year career before that. But if you look at his resume, yeah. there's, yeah, I there's think only he like was... five items or something on his IMDb. So maybe it's all radio stuff that's just not listed. No, uh, from what I had read, actually, he did a lot on Broadway, actually, uh, uh, okay. to Tim Moore. Yeah, one of, I forget which other actor they said, but it must have been someone older, too. But Oh, no, I, you know what? I think it was might have been the one that played Mama. Yeah, you know, Sapphire's Mama. Uh, what, what yeah, the, she was great. Like It seemed like the later ones, you get a lot more of Kingfish's family, his him and his wife and her mother. Right. It's so funny to, that the name of the fucking show is Amos, Amos and, Andy, and Andy, and but it's mostly about Kingfish almost. Okay, Kingfish and Andy. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like the the schemer and the mark. Basically, they they could have called it that schemer and the mark. Yeah. You know, I'll say this: I was pleasantly surprised, but at the same point, like sometimes watching it, like I had a little bit of like that shiver of like, oh. But you got some cringe from it. Not complete cringe, but it's just like, damn, it's like, I think it's more the vernacular and, again, how the portrayal, like, again, Andy always falling for these things, like, okay, so he's playing an idiot, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, but, but I, 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 I will say I got more from it in watching it, so I was definitely happy that you uh, made this choice. I, it's hard for me to look at, like, I'm not a guy who gets offended easy anyway, I'm, I'm usually the offensive one. But when it, like when it comes to race, it's not. I can't be the one to be like I'm offended for you. Like right, I get right. it. I get it. I. But I, I'm also that guy who's like anything that's funny is almost acceptable to me, and it 
like um, stand up comedy. Fucking love stand up comedy. And some of those Same comedians here. have the worst fucking acts that are just horrible and offensive. And if you do it right, you win me over, you know? Oh yeah, no. It's... You can you can tell when someone's trying to be cringe just for cringe sake or offensive right. just for offensive sake, or if they're actually smart and coming from a smart place. Carlin was great at that. Louis C.K. was great at that. Yeah, like Louis C.K. opened his show with that joke about child molestation. Remember that he's like, "I'm not condoning child molestation. I'm just saying, if we made less of a big deal about it, we'd probably get more of them back." You go, holy fuck. Oof. (laughs) But you also can realize Mm -hmm. the brilliance in that joke. Right. Like, it's horrible and it's disgusting, but you also go, that's actually really a smart take on a disgusting thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny you also bring up Carlin. Did you see the... uh the, the the recent released uh, documentary or oh I shared I think the trailer on our page the HBO oh, or something yes we yeah. got I want to watch that doc the Carlin doc and there's the new Bob Saget doc is now on yes. Netflix and, and, I think and and also we got to watch Daddy. the uh, I don't I you, you probably have watched it already but the uh, the Norm one the new Norm uh, oh I've not watched it yet no I'm yeah, gonna wait I, that's until, also on my I'll wait until we need Netflix for something probably and then I'll just watch them all at once. Mm. But but I I will say this I, I'm not I don't think I'm gonna you know uh, spoil anything for you be, uh, with, with the Carlin one I I watched it but I didn't realize the depth of some of the things he was saying and what it caused but, but like you know the whole FCC with you know words that you can't say, can't say on television yeah he Carlin unfortunately <laughs> is the one that. Gave them a guideline for things that, you know, they can't because somebody was listening to like a radio station was playing it and this guy was listening in his car and was offended and he, he made a big uh, to do about it. So, yeah, that yeah, basically one of them was shit, cook. right? But you can say shit now. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I remember with South Park, the the first fucking episode after they were allowed to say shit yes. on TV, they yes. said it like 164 times in one episode. <laughs> they had a little counter in the corner yep. and everything. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, I mean, I was I was th- honestly thoroughly impressed with this, and I might watch a few more. S- same here. Yeah, there was like two of them on there that were colorized, and I'm like, who the hell did this and when and why if you can't put it on TV? Right. <laughs> were they colorizing stuff before 66? I guess maybe they were. I, I don't know. It's like I, I didn't know the whole colorization of some of those like old shows and you know, like movies was going on that early. I thought it was more like in, in my late teens to, to 20s, whatever, that Ted Turner got the uh, the bug and wanted to colorize everything. Even if you you know the origins are offensive, I think it's important to give these actors their dues. I think these mm-hmm. guys are hysterical. And, you know, we said before, we it, it, most shows we watch, we go, oh, I know this person from this show. I know this person from this show. Yep. Not knowing any of these guys, I'm so glad I watched this. Because right. I never would have heard of them in my fucking life, and I haven't. I've made it 35 years on this planet, never having watched this show. And to see how talented they were, right. how funny they were. Um, but at least, hey, it's on YouTube for free, so there's that. Right. But, yeah... I, I could really see, though, also, yeah, like you said, giving these, giving these uh, actors, actresses their due, and also just, like, 
kind of like watching like the advent really of sitcom television and seeing like you know what I remember Ralph and uh you know like in uh Norton like with with some kind of scam like this oh wait I remember something uh from Sanford and Son where uh, George was into something it's like oh my god it's like I'm seeing the origins of <laughs> but, well, imagine but being TV. maligned by your own fucking race when you think you're doing good, you know? Mm-hmm. You think you're doing this thing that's going to open doors. And it, I mean, it did, really, if you think about it. Right. And, and uh, what But it, also at the same time being ridiculed for it. Right. And in the uh, documentary, and I had also read, um, the actress, Hattie McDaniel, actually had a great, you know, great line, too. It's like, now, here's the thing. I could... Uh, I can take a job playing a maid on a on a show or a movie, and you know, like make, you know, make you know, like seven hundred dollars or something like that. Or my other option is I could actually be a maid for someone to make like seven dollars a week. So well, that's the thing too. They said is when they went from the radio program to the TV show, they actually made them more middle class. The characters. Hmm. I guess they were more poor and downtrodden in the radio program, but when they went to TV, like they, they were like middle class, lived in a nice apartment, or you know, definitely had offices. Like you know, I, I don't even have a fucking office. This is my office right here. <laughs> Same here. This is my office. <laughs> nice suits, ties, you know, top hats. Shit, they they got they got the style, man. But I wonder why that choice was made because it do- it doesn't seem like they were worried about offending African Americans at that point. So why the why the choice to make them one, you know, actual black actors, and two to make them, you know, more well off? I'm not sure, but like when you uh, said about like oh they're yeah were they not middle class were they not? yeah apparently the initial like origin of those characters. They were both working on a farm in Georgia and decided to take a trip to Chicago to try to make a better life. And they, didn't they have a cab company or something? Yep. Said? The, the, was it the open air care? Oh, fresh air taxi company. I think that's what the name was because hmm. there, there was no uh, windshield <laughs> on the taxi. So, yeah, to go from, you know, farm to try to make it in the city to okay now we're we've moved now all the way to the east coast and now we're middle class would you recommend this show then i would definitely recommend the show especially as a uh, a study a real study in early you know like early sitcoms radio shows that got turned into tv shows such as lucy and and also just the the initial Okay, this was the first African American cast. You know, like here, <laughs> check it out. Even, even if you just love things like I love Lucy and the Honeymooners, the writing on this is right up there. Like it's great, yeah, great jokes, uh, great physical humor. So it's not even like you have to go. Okay, watch it because it's the first black show. I think it's just a well-written, funny show. True, and I true. Didn't, I didn't, having not seen it, didn't expect it to hold up so well uh, from a writing standpoint anyway. Maybe not an offensive standpoint, but the, the, the way the jokes are written. And there's even things in here that I could see 
being said on a show today. Like Oh, yeah, definitely. From from the just wise cracks and that kind of thing, you know. That's how smart it feels. So True. And and and, and I've, I I know I was reading and I don't know if it was the writers for the the radio show or if some of those writers came over to the TV show, but a couple of the writers apparently did like went on to things like the Munsters and um oh, what was the other uh, show like a, a couple of well-known sitcoms that it's like oh wait hold on these the same guys you know that started with Amos and Andy that went on to this can we talk about that abomination of a fucking remake real quick the Munsters oh yeah again <laughs> I've just seen the pictures so Why far, the fuck? and uh, I don't know. Universal. Why the fuck would you give the monsters to Rob Zombie, that motherfucker? No. See my <laughs> Halloween collection back here? The man who fucking raped the Halloween franchise? Ugh. Halloween's got some of the highest highs and the lowest lows, and then you let this man come in and butt fuck the lowest of lows, and yeah. you're like, what the hell? Why is there rape in a Halloween movie, Rob Zombie? Why is there rape in all of your movies, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, House of a I'm, Thousand Corpses. Is yeah, Grandpa going to be yeah. fucking bending Eddie Munster over the fucking mantle? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's supposed to be PG, too, which, if you've ever seen a Rob Zombie movie, PG, really? That, really? That's, I don't know how that will work. but And his wife has got a star in all of his shit, even though she can't act her way out of a paper bag. Anyway. Look forward to the Monsters fucking remake. Jesus. <laughs> well, maybe may, we'll cover may, the show next season. I was going to say, yeah, maybe next season we can uh, get into some of the uh, the horror-based uh, sitcoms, such as the Monsters and the Addams Family, or you know, like things such as that. What are what are two shows you want to cover next season, real quick? I, I would love to get into one of those two. I'd like to actually do Everybody Loves Raymond. I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, Ray Romano guy. Yeah, it's probably time to do Raymond. Hey, 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 hey. No, he's got a wife. <laughs> I'm going to suck his dick so fucking... I'm going to suck millions out of his dick. Uh, I'd like to do... I want to do F Troop, I think. Oh, show. great show. I fucking love F Troop, and there's some some comparisons to this. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's... Uh, there, and, there's and our last some... show. And our last show we covered, the Kids in the Hall, Death Comes to Town. Oh, that was... <laughs> I, um, I, I, have you watched any more of the uh, new uh, uh, season, Kids of the no, Hall? No, but I've, wa- I've watched a shit ton of the sketches from the old show on YouTube. Oh, yes. Yeah. Love those. But yeah, did check out the the new oh, yeah, show. I, I've, I've, I've been checked out the first the three episodes. In, yeah. Freaking hysterical. Do we, uh, do we have anything else on Amos and Andy? You want to tell them what we're doing next week? Well, next week, <laughs> uh, I believe we are going to do My Wife and Kids. Yeah. Wait, that didn't sound right. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't know you had kids, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I had kids either. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please don't do them. <laughs> no, uh, I believe the show we will be watching is My Wife and Kids. Yeah, from one of the earliest black shows to... <laughs> A much later lecture. Yes, a much later. <laughs> I forget what's his early 2000s. I've been watching a lot of it in the last couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll discuss that more in depth as we get there. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're we're almost done with season one, and uh, yeah, also hopefully uh, we we have that other uh, special uh, c- coming up as well that we mentioned uh, a, a tidbit last week. Yes, so uh, we think we're gonna do two more show shows, and then we're gonna do two little two little season enders that are gonna be kind of fun. So. Uh, if we can find a way for you to get your hands on this show, we got to do this one too. I was telling him before we recorded. Oh my god! <laughs> Who fucking put in the comments right now if you knew there was a spinoff of Home Improvement, Home Improvement starring Dave Chappelle called and, Buddies, and, and, and originally supposed to be starring also Jim Brewer. Who Jim then Brewer. Got- there's an episode of Home Improvement <laughs> with Jim Brewer and Dave Chappelle are on Tool Time. And I guess it was such a big freaking hit that they gave these guys a spinoff, but they fired Jim Brewer and recast him with some <laughs> other guy. And I guess it fits in with the racism talk of this episode, because the whole premise of the damn show is literally just, I'm black, you're white, and we're friends. How crazy is that? <laughs> I think oh there God. was 12 or 13 episodes, and for some reason they say the best 10 episodes are on this dvd i don't <laughs> know why the, fuck, why the fuck you wouldn't just include the last couple but whatever how, how bad are those three <laughs> just <laughs> after watching the 10 we have to know yeah we have to imagine i guess how bad were the three so maybe we'll be able to do this show we got to find a way to let nick watch it too because i'm not gonna let him pay 60 dollars for it i'm sure it's terrible but <laughs> it's literally marketed on the front of the dvd case as the show dave Chappelle doesn't want you to see <laughs> which reminds me of like texas chainsaw the next generation oh god that, when that was like shelved because but it starred renee zellweger and matthew mcconaughey who were nobody at the time Yeah, at the time and then a few years later they're fucking huge and the studio was like it's our time to shine boys and they're like let's put out put out texas chainsaw next generation starring matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger that's oh the kind God. of shit they hope you get, you know, Barry. <laughs> so I can only imagine, and and I guess by all accounts, I seen an interview or something where Dave just basically flat out refused to talk about the show. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, so must must really be good. Yeah. But. Alrighty. Well, where can they find us, Nick? Well, if you're looking for us from sitcom my face you could find jay at bidwell uh twitch.tv slash bidwell fog and me at twitch.tv uh slash netnick 191 you can email us at sitcom my face at gmail.com facebook.com slash sitcom my face i try to post a little bit on there each week but we're also sharing you know previous episodes and the new episodes mm-hmm. um just we've, we're getting a few likes here and there we got over 100 100 and something 115 i think or something like that sweet let's get them no let's get them numbers up get them thumbs right up the butt <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and and, think- and eventually i guess we'll post shit on twitter which we are also sitting yeah. on my face you can, <laughs> it took, uh, you it can, took us forever to get that name but finally we fo- got it but we just have to post you can follow me on twitter as well at bidwell fog so and I'm Netnick191. Hey, go, go figure for both of us. <laughs> and you can go find his podcast, uh, What Exit Jersey Stories, are available everywhere podcasts are available, right? That is correct. And 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 uh, I saw J- you uploaded J- some new episodes, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a couple more to upload as well. And if they want to check out your old episodes. Hard to Swallow with J.J. Bidwell. 
I, a memory popped up, and it was a magical day. Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher put us on the top moving shows way back in the day. Oh, wow. We nice. No, number six on their top movers. Uh, what Sweet. a world it was back in like 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to those days when it was easier. Yes, not, not when there was a million uh, podcasts that you know, like you're competing to uh, get some time with. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. righty. What, what would we like our audience to do for us, Nick? Well, I'd like them to sitcom my, my face. face.